restore, put back together. Be who you are in our midst today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Be glorified in this service. We'll give you all the glory. We won't take any of it for all the good that you'll manifest in this service. In Jesus' holy, mighty, and majestic name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, could you give me one good hallelujah, glory to God, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, has God been good to anybody in this building? Come on, just slap your neighbor a high five or something today. Speak life into them. Tell them God bless you, and then you can go ahead and grab your seat. Excellent job, music department. Excellent job. Shake their hands, slap them high five. I'm here to tell you today that God is good. I want to try that again. I said I'm here to tell you today that God is good, and he has something good for you. Somebody in this room, your life is getting ready to change forever. Oh, I wouldn't just let that fly over my head like that. I said, somebody sitting in this room right now, your life is getting ready to change forever. It's not a major overhaul. It's a, just a slight tweaking that most of us need to do. When you think about God, all God has ever wanted to have is a connection to his people. That's all God has ever wanted. He created us to have fellowship and to be in communion with him. If you go all the way back into the garden, it was important for God to, to commune with Adam in the cool of the day. That meant something to God. He'd come out every morning looking for his man to spend time with. The only thing that separated that connection was a choice that Adam made to move away from the instructions that he had received. And so God didn't give up on it. God said, you know what? I'm going to create a Levitical priesthood and appoint a high priest. And that high priest can come to me once a year on behalf of all of the people. And after years of failure and just that not working, God said, you know what? I'm going to leave heaven myself. Come down to earth in the form of Jesus. And I'm going to remove the veil. And I'm going to pardon all of their sins and everything that kept us from fellowshipping with each other. Because it's that important to me that I have this connection with my people. That's all God wants from us, folks, is for us to live a life that is connected to him. Not just a life connected to him on Sunday morning but a life that's connected to him all the time. Go with me to John chapter 15. Before I give you my title today, I just want to read the text. John chapter 15. When God called us, he said, Joel, Patricia, name the church Linked Up Church. There's no other church in the world named Linked Up Church. So there is something unique and specific that he's called us to do. And the first point that he gave us was to connect the people to me. Not to you, not to the church. Connect the people to me. Our first purpose is to connect people to God. In John chapter 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine. Now, you know if, if there's one that's true, then there must be one that's false. 
So he said, I am the true vine. If you look up that word vine, it's the Greek word pater, and it literally means father. And since we know God the Father manifested in Jesus, he's really saying, I am the true father. says, my father is the vine dresser. He's the one that cares for the vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. The word bear there means to produce or to be productive. Your life is intended to be productive. You are a major producer for the kingdom of God. It says every branch uh, that bears fruit, that's productive and produces, he prunes. In other words, he begins to clean it and strip away any impurities or anything that's preventing it from growing. And what is his purpose for that? He says, so that it can bear more fruit. And so if you sense that you're being pruned right now, it's only because he's getting you ready for more. Is that for anybody in this room today? I said, if you just sense you're going through something right now, only thing God is doing is stripping away the things that he knows is holding you back, and he's using his word to do it because he knows you can be so much more productive than what you are right now. He says, you are already clean. That's the agent that I use because of the word which I have spoken to you. He said, abide in me, and I'll talk more about what that means in a moment, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So the branch has to get all of its water and nourishment and sustenance from the vine. So I mean, we are the branches and he is the vine. Listen very carefully. Look what he goes on to say. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Then he reiterates, I am the vine. I'm where you get your water, your sustenance, the word. Everything that you need to live is in me. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, listen to this, produces much fruit. I don't know if you realize this, folks, but your life is built to produce at a real high level, too. And so when it's not, how many know I need to go back and check the connection? Because that's all you're designed to do is to be productive and to produce. Look what he goes on to say for me. For without me, you can do no thing. So then is it safe to say that anything that we're doing apart from him, it's nothing. Is that safe to say? I want to read something to you. Keep a marker there, and I'll pick it back up in verse 6. So all of our production then and all of our fruitfulness is dependent on our connection to God. Would everyone in here agree with this? I pulled this up. Uh, The University of Iowa's Agricultural School printed an article in the Associate Press, and this is what it reported, that in order for a farmer to produce 100 bushels of corn, from one acre of land, listen to this, in addition to the many hours of the farmer's labor required, 400,000 pounds of water, 6,800 pounds of oxygen, 5,200 pounds of carbon, 160 pounds of nitrogen, 125 pounds of potassium, 75 pounds of yellow sulfur, 
and other elements too numerous to list. In addition to these things, which no man can produce, rain and sunshine at the right time are critical. So it is estimated that only 5% of the produce of a farm can be attributed to the efforts of the farmer. 5%. So if we're honest, then we have to admit the same thing. God has already done 95% of the stuff we're out here trying to do. Right? So then think about how that process works then. That farmer's job then is to just simply cultivate the land, plant seed, and water it, and then go to bed and give God the glory and trust him for the results that he's already provided. So if you're listening carefully as we're introducing this today, as long as I stay connected to that vine, 95% of my production has already been accomplished. I just need to respond by saying the right words out of my mouth, planting the right seeds, watering those seeds, and giving them enough time so that one day I'm going to walk into a productive harvest. I need somebody to say amen to that today, right? So now, go back to verse 6 there in John chapter 15. So he says, if any man or anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them, and they throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. So he's saying two things here, right? Right? Saying, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you. That's important, right? I'm going to show you. He's really talking about fellowship here. He's talking about communion. He's talking about prayer. He's talking about having a relationship with him on a daily basis. I'm not going to have a good marriage if we only talk on Sundays. Right? I got to stay connected seven days a week to have a good marriage. Would anyone say, agree to that? So he said two things here. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now, in this society that we live in today, the illustration that God gave me was simply this. You know, if you go through an airport today, you know, everybody is plugged in. And so after a while, if you'll notice, they used to be sitting along the walls. Anywhere there was an outlet, people were sitting. And then, believe it or not, people started fighting over those outlets. And so what they did was they created a whole new seating structure where they put outlets in the seats. And now right at the gate before you get on the plane, there's this big old table with all of these outlets on it. Because you know what people are saying? I cannot live without being connected. Watch this. Now you get on the plane. And there's a plug on the plane to keep your device charged. And there's Wi-Fi. I can remember when we would go on a cruise and we could enjoy the cruise because the Wi-Fi didn't work. The cruise director said, you know what, these people look miserable. They're not enjoying themselves on our cruise. So let's charge them $100 for the whole week on top of what they already paid just so they can stay connected. And guess what, they stand in line for hours to get connected. I'm just trying to show you how 
Everything that man has created is a simple imitation of who God is. Right? And so in order to have an internet connection, you've got to have a username and a password. Your username is your address. Right? And so anytime you're praying to God, how many know your voice is your address in the spirit realm? So he said, if you abide in me, but then he said, and my words abide in you. How I many know you still don't have access to the internet if all you have is a username? You have to have a password. Why do they call it a password? Because that word is what gives you a pass. Somebody ought to shout amen in here. Right? And it's your unique password. So he said, if you abide in me, if, if I know your voice, right, and you know my word, you see that? So your prayer, daily prayer is your connection to God. Praying the word and sharing the word is your password. Let me use another one. You know, if somebody comes over your house today to visit you, they say hello, especially if they have teenagers or, or young adults. They say hello, what's your Wi-Fi password? <laughs> I'm talking about before they can get settled in, right? They don't want to know where to sit, where the food is. They, they like, Mr. Gregory, what's your Wi-Fi password? <laughs> so in other words, I can't function. I can't be here long if, I, if there's no Wi-Fi. And then don't tell them the Wi-Fi is down right now. <laughs> you know, that's getting ready to be a problem in that house, right? right? And so how do you get on Wi-Fi? You need a network connection. Right? Right? And then after you get a network, you still need a what? Password. Do you understand what he's saying here? If you abide in me, I know your voice in the spirit realm. And you know my word when you're talking to me. Look what he goes on to say. Somebody about to just run through this stage right now. Because, see, he didn't make this difficult for us at all. Said, if anyone abide not in me, verse 7, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, watch this now, you will ask what you desire. In other words, you know what he's saying? You've got unlimited access. Somebody ought to just, just, somebody ought to just tear the back out the chair right now. You see what he just said? He said, you can ask for whatever you wish. You need healing today? Come get it. You need a job? I got too many for you. So that person can ask for whatever they wish, and it what? Might be done for them. And it what? And it what? And it what? Either you believe that or you don't. And it shall be done for him. Watch this. A lot of people think, you know, God put this sickness on me so that he could get glory out of me. No, man, listen, that's not what God gets glory from. Look at the very next verse. By this, my Father is glorified. When you're in him, 
and he's in you. You're asking for whatever you wish. He's granted it to you, and he gets all the glory from that. He's glorified that you bear much fruit. Then notice what he said, and we're going to get into the message today. I'll give you the title. Welcome our online audience. Then he said, then everyone will know that you're saved. It's not what he said, did he? He said, then you'll be my disciples. How many know a disciple is different than someone just saved? A disciple is a pupil, is a student. It's going to separate you from everyone else. You being in me, talking to me every day, we, we, we commune, fellowship every day. And my word is going to show everybody you're my disciple. And they're going to see everything that I produce through your life, and they're going to connect that back to me. And they're going to give me the glory for what I did through your life. I told you somebody's life is getting ready to change today forever. You've been working too hard, man. Come on, somebody. You've been working too hard. God's already done 95% of the work. I want to welcome our online audience today. I'm ministering today on the subject of living connected or live connected. You can follow along today, Version Bible app. Uh, go to the events section. Pull up Linked Up Church. All of the notes are right there. Somebody watching online, I want you to listen to me. Your life will not be the same again after today. In Jesus' name. Webster's defines abide this way. Let's put that definition up there because this is important for everything else we're getting ready to talk about. Webster's defines abide as to endure without yielding. So, in other words, whatever I'm going through, I'm not giving up. To bear patiently, to accept without objection, to remain stable or fixed in a state, to continue in a place. See, this is not a wishy-washy person. This person is in and they stay in. Strong's Concordance defines it this way. Greek word is meno, for abide, and it means to stay in a given place, a state, relation, or expectancy. Some of the additional definitions here, other words that can be used interchangeably are to continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present. See, how many of you know anytime God is looking for you, he should be able to find you? See, he was looking for Adam. Adam! Adam! How many know the fact that Adam wasn't present Something was wrong. It's important that we remain present at all times. Remaining present is just simply always being aware that you are with God and God is with you. Everything that you do, just think about, I am with God and God is with me. So as we begin to look at this wonderful subject today, I want to consider, first of all, what living connected implies in our lives. And I believe the Scripture gives us four easy steps. Step number one, be still. We are entirely too busy. Watch this, though. Too busy 
a lot of times doing nothing. But it looks good, right? Be still. Go with me to Psalms number 46. Let's look at verse or stanza 10, the A portion of that. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Notice what he says here. Be still and know. The word know means to discern, to discover, and to understand. See, be still and know, discover, and understand that I am God. Other translations of that verse say this. Cease from your striving. Stand through it. Let go of your concerns, and you'll know that I am God. What he's simply saying here is when you get to the end of yourself, then you'll discover who I am. Come on, when you've done all you know to do and everything that you can do, and you say that, you know what, let me stop that and give this to God, then you're going to see who I am in your situation. Psalms 132, let's look at stanza two. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Good translation to get to. It's called the Passion Translation. Psalms 131 stanza two says, I am humbled and quieted in your presence like a contented child who rests on its mother's lap, I'm your resting child. My soul is content in you. We all know that picture, right? Where the mother leaves the baby with somebody else while she runs to the restroom or whatever she goes to do. How many of y'all have ever seen that baby act a fool (laughs) when that mother leaves? Anybody ever seen that movie before? I'm talking about no one can control that baby, right? And sometimes we're that baby in life, just acting up for no reason. The moment that mother walks back in the room, the child begins to settle down. Then as soon as the child gets back into the mother's arm, the child is in this peaceful state of serenity with a sense of knowing that everything is all right. Something about when you quiet yourself down and you climb up into the lap of your father, that all that noise around you. And there's a sense of peace and tranquility about you that my father has already taken care of this. Come on, somebody ought to thank God right now that whatever you've been stressing about, your father has already taken care of that. So really what God is saying in this passage is when you come to me in prayer, and you quiet yourself, you will have that same peaceful sensation that a baby does who is with his mother where he's safe. One Christian philosopher said, the more that we train ourselves to spend time with God and with him alone, we will discover that God is with us at all times and in all places. I want to encourage someone today. You have to learn how to schedule times in your day every day where you can just be quiet. Every one of us need to do this. We all live hectic lives, uh, and we all need to break our routine every day by saying, you know what, I need some time alone with just me and God every single day. Jesus did this on a regular basis. Go with me to Luke chapter 15. Jesus did this on a regular basis. Luke chapter 5, I'm sorry, verse 15. I'm reading again out of the Passion Translation. 
So, so Jesus just performs a miracle of healing someone of leprosy. And how I many know, especially as Christians and as ministers and musicians, and all the, the times that we give out, I mean, if you don't take time to replenish, you can find yourself on empty and then a lot of times struggling with the same stuff that you just counseled somebody else and tried to help people with. Jesus understood this. Look at this now in verse 15. After this miracle, the news about Jesus spread even further. Massive crowds continually gathered to hear him speak and to be healed from their diseases. But Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. See, what a lot of people would say about the pastor, if he take a vacation or he goes away, he's not caring about us. They probably said the same thing about Jesus. Where is he at? Can't nobody find him? I mean, all of us, we need to slip away from time to time. Come on, why don't you say to somebody sitting right near you right now, I think it's time for me to slip away for a minute. (laughs) Now, if you're married... That's just for an hour or two or something like that. Uh, some of y'all are like, oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, I need about 90 days. <laughs> right? But we've got to build into our lives every single day a time where we slip away. I'm talking about don't take a phone in there. Come on, if it ding, it doesn't matter who liked your last status. Come on, somebody. It can wait. All of us need to build into our hectic lives a moment to slip away. So if Jesus, the Son of God, had to get away from his normal routine to find quiet time with God, how much more do we need to do the same? Right? And so I want to give you something. It's for you to write in your notes. We all need to have what I call MDR. MDR. You know what MDR stands for? Minimum daily requirement. What is your minimum daily requirement to keep your sanity? To keep your peace? To keep your tranquility? I want to make this as easy as I can. If you don't have this built into your life already, then start with 15 minutes a day where I pray to God. And you don't need to know all of the, the special prayers. Just, just talk to him. <laughs> Read his word 15 minutes a day. And how you know, for, for some, that won't sustain you. You need more. All I'm saying is figure out, I don't want to put a time on it. Figure out what your MDR is. What is your minimum daily requirement that you need to stay on top? Can anyone in here commit to doing that? Right. How many of y'all will commit to doing that? How many of y'all can already look at your life and say, you know what, I need to build that into my life? Anybody in here willing to be honest? I need to build every day a time where I slip away. Nobody can get to me. Come on, somebody. Leave the phone outside in a different room. Let me just hear from God. Minimum daily requirement. Be still. We learned, I learned personally on our last cruise, I decided not to get on social media for two weeks. I got more breakthroughs in two weeks. It was interesting. 
And I actually haven't fully reconnected back since we got back because I found that what God is doing for me is far greater than what social media can do for me. And I just wonder if we take a quarter of the time that we spend on the Internet and social media and give that to God, how much differently would our lives really look? Things that make you go. So the point here is that we all have to make a way to spend time with God. Let me share this. God has created all of us with an emotional blueprint. I want to make this as easy as I can. What do I mean by that? We all can connect to God in different ways. The way I connect to God might not be the way you connect to God, right? For some people, it might be out on the water, around the lake. For some, it may be going for a walk. For others, it's reading. For, for others, it's a, it's a jog. You know, we all connect to God in different ways. Would everyone agree with that? Some like to, to knit or, or yarn or, or create things or bake or whatever. We all have these moments in our lives where we are sensitive. Some is listening to worship music. But whatever it is, God has given all of us an emotional blueprint, and we need to tap into that and maximize that and make sure we use that time that we are the most relaxed, we're the most tranquil, we're the most serene. Let's use that time to spend with God. Believe it or not, this might shock you, but mine is actually in my bed. God wakes me up 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, no, the floor is cold. I don't want to get out, put my feet on the floor. I know my wife is sleeping, so I stay under the covers, and I just pray in the Spirit. And then I listen until I fall back to sleep again. Believe it or not, the gym is a great place for me to hear God. I go in that steam room, that sauna, I have the good hard workout of sweating, and I go in there and I just lean my head back and I just take deep breaths through my nose. I inhale and I exhale out of my mouth and I put my head back and I just listen. And we have some of the greatest moments right there in a steam room. What I'm saying is figure out what yours is and spend some quality time with God. Number two, be sincere. Number two, be sincere. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29, New King James Version. I'll begin reading at verse 11. God says here, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. See, a lot of times we think nobody cares about me. No one's thinking about me. Listen to me. God is thinking about you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Linked up church, online audience. Man, the future that God has for you, and I don't care what age you are, the future that God has for you is incredible. It is beyond your wildest imagination. Every dream that you have in your heart, do you know why you ride by and you, you, you love watching HGTV? And you know why all of the stuff you love doing, you do? Because God placed it in your heart because that's what's in your future. Amen. And all you've got to do is stay connected to him to get there. Amen. He said, what I'm thinking about is giving you a future and a hope 
says, then you'll call upon me and you'll go to me and pray to me. And he said, I will listen to you and, I, and you will seek me and find me. But notice what he says. When you search for me with all of your heart. Wasn't that our song today? Uh, giving him all and he giving us his all. It says, when you search for me with all of your heart. So when you go to God, you have to be honest. You have to be authentic. You have to be real about what you feel. The word heart there simply means you must be genuine in your heart in order to find God. See, a lot of times we go to God telling God what we think he wants to hear. But in reality, that's not how we feel. And we need to just come to God the way it really is. I feel like slapping such and such right now. What do I do about this? Not Father, your word says that when the enemy comes and gets me one way, he'll flee out seven. That's not how you're feeling right there in that moment. You got to be honest about how you're feeling, then we can get to the word. Am I the only one that's ever done that? Come on, we, we think we got to come up with this elaborate description of our words, right? No, just come in there and say, God, I'm tired. I'm going through a tough time right now. I'm tired of living this way. Come on, somebody, and be authentic and be real. And he says, when you come to me like that with all your heart, you're going to find me when you seek for me that way. God, I don't want to be by myself any longer. I want to be married. I want to be in a relationship. I know you designed me that way. Let's be honest about that. Then he'll start showing you how to come on up, what you need to do to walk in what he's already provided for you. I'm telling every person out here that desires to be married, your spouse is already out there. You're trying to get to the spouse. I'm telling you to get to God, and God will get you to the spouse. Because he, he ain't going to be out there. They don't do that no more. That stanky leg, that's old. That's, they don't do that no more. What they doing now? What they Earl, you know what they're doing out there now. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? A lot of times we're out looking for a connection. What I'm telling you is get connected, and he'll find the right connection for you. Come on, I need a better amen in this place. So you have to be honest. You have to be sincere. You have to be genuine, and you have to be authentic. In Jesus' day, there was a group of guys who they weren't sincere at all. They were actually pros at insincere prayers. They were very pious about it. They prayed three times a day, at 9 a.m., at noon, and at 3 p.m., and all three times this was out in public so that everyone could see them. They always prayed in public spots so that everyone could see how spiritual, how pious, and how righteous they were. They were very insincere. In fact, they just did it for show. They were just showing off. These guys were called Pharisees. Jesus made it very clear that these guys were not connecting with God. 
They were connecting with each other, and they were connecting with people. So, I mean, it makes no sense for me to impress you, and I did not impress God. It makes no sense for me to pray a whole hour, and the only thing I got out of that was you saying how well I prayed, but I made no connection to God. Let's read that, the paraphrase. Let's read the Message Bible, Matthew chapter 6, which is a paraphrase, verse 5 and 6. It says, and when you come before God, Matthew 6, 5 and 6, Message Bible, and when you come before God, don't turn it into a theatrical production either. Now, can we all just be honest here for a moment? Man, I come from some backgrounds where I was embarrassed to bring people to prayer. Because the show was getting ready to be for real. I'm talking about when I first got saved. I won't even say the denomination of these churches. But, man, it was, it was something to see. And every time we come together, they'd all be in the same spots doing the exact same thing. So much so, one lady would bring a flag because that was her way of praying for the United States of America. Every time while prayer is going on, she's taking authority over the United States of America. Now, how many know it don't take all of that to take authority over the United States of America? I'm just telling you the honest God truth. I would never invite my friends to prayer. I would go because I understood. But anyone I was trying to win to Christ, don't come to prayer in the morning. You don't understand what you're getting ready to see. <laughs> Anybody in here come from that kind of background? There's a show getting ready to get put on. We got to get to a place, folks, where even when you're leading corporate prayer, a lot of times we're looking for this response from the people. That means I'm praying to the people. Almost just get lost in your moment. Did you see that right there? That's from Detroit. Boy, I was about to, I didn't know who that was walking up on. <laughs> Did you see that out? Did you see that out? I just heard the creak up. Hey, boy. <laughs> you would have needed that if I didn't see you quick enough. Boy. That's my man over there. All right? And so we all come from backgrounds or, or have been exposed to different things like this. Would everyone agree? How, how many of y'all come from a background like that? All right? Just keep it simple. Look at what the Message Bible goes on to say. All these people making a regular show out of their prayer, prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in the box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, watch this, and you will begin to sense His grace. Come on, that's a good place for somebody to say amen right there. See what he said? Just get to a quiet, secluded, slip away. Get quiet. Tell him how you sincerely feel, and you'll begin to sense his grace. So there are two things he said here, and I'm going to go by these quickly. Uh, two of the biggest mistakes and barriers that people make in trying to connect to God. Number one, they try to impress other people. Number two, they try to impress God. Remember, God knows what you know. 
So let's not try to act like we know more than what we really know. All right? And so I don't know it. I need to go to God and say, help me with this. Show me where I can find it. I don't want to go in there acting like to God I know everything. I really want to go in there like I know nothing, and God, you tell me everything. You all getting anything out of this today? Number three, be simple. Let's operate by the KISS principle. Anybody know what the KISS principle is? No. (laughs) Keep it simple, saint. We don't call anybody stupid. (laughs) Go with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 7. Be simple. So what do we want to do? We want to be still, right? We want to be sincere. We want to what? Be simple. John 15, 7 and 8 amplifies, says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if you are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and you prove yourselves to be my true disciples. John 16, 23, and 24. Let's read that out of the Amplified. Keep it simple. Now, a lot of times, you know, we've all been taught. How many of y'all have been taught every, in every single prayer in Jesus' name? How many of y'all have been taught that? Now, I want to go a little deeper with that thought. How many of you don't know him? You can pray all you want to in his name. But if there's no connection, in Jesus' name is not a magic wand on the end to make it happen. So in other words, I live my whole life disconnected. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus. And and if you look at Christianity, we've used it more like a magic wand than we have a relationship. Let's go a little deeper with that thought, okay? Look at John chapter 16, verse 23. Could he actually be saying more than what we took away from it? John chapter 16, verse 23 and 24, amplify. And remember, John chapter 15 is right after John chapter 16. Man put chapter and verse in there to help us find it better. But he's still continuing the same thought. So we're still talking about being connected, and we're talking about prayer, right? So in John 16, 23 and 24, he says, In that day, the day he's referring to, when he goes back to be with the Father, you will not need to ask me any, ask me about anything. I assure you and most solemnly say to you that whatever you ask the Father in my name. See, now, now Amplify says, as my representative, he will give it to you. So then a representative, you know, an ambassador goes to another country on behalf of that country to represent that country in this foreign land. Is he, is he simply just saying, when you go to Father, go representing me and not you? Just something to think about. Because when you look up the word name, it is a Greek word, unima. And it means authority and character. So he says, don't try to go to the Father on your own merit. 
and based off of your character. Because how many of you know on our best day, we don't deserve to be in his presence? I'll knock you out. You better not come. I said, I said how many of y'all know on, your, on our best days, we don't deserve to be in his presence? Right? But, but what makes us deserving is what Christ did for us. Is everybody clear? So he says here, it's my representative. He'll give it to you. Until now, you've not asked the Father for anything in my authority and in my character. So go to him on behalf of what I've done. Not what you've done. But now ask and keep on asking, and you will receive that your joy may be full and complete. You notice he said ask and keep on asking. Now, how many of y'all have kids? They forget fast, don't they? No never means no to them, do they? They just leave, come back at a better opportunity, and ask the same question. Watch this, and they'll wear you down long enough until you say, go ahead and play the dog on Xbox, boy. Come on, anybody here know what I'm talking about? God is not like that. All he's just simply saying is when you're connected to me and you're coming to me the right way, just keep on asking. Keep on coming. I'll keep on giving. Number four, as we come on down the home stretch, I'll close right here. The last one is believe God. How I many you know none of this matters if you don't believe God? Right? There's no sense in connecting to something you don't believe in. Everyone in here would agree with that statement? Everything in the kingdom works this way. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read verses 8 through 10. I want to encourage someone today that you have not lived your best life. And I don't care of your age. It's actually still out in front of you. Let me try this side of the room over here. I'm talking about you have not gone on your best vacation. Your marriage is not the best that it can be. Come on, the person waiting on you and your future to marriage, marry is the one that that's it. That's it. And if we're not consistently in this zone, we never walk into these things. Are you... You still with me out there? Everything in the kingdom works like this, under this dispensation of grace or covenant of grace. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, Amplified says, For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor, drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. Anybody in here glad to be saved and given eternal life? But you notice what he said, it's by grace that you've been given that. And it was your faith that attached to his grace that manifests that in your life. So everything works this way. You must put your faith and all your stock in God and what Jesus did and none of it in yourself and what you do. So everything is by grace through faith. Is everybody clear on that? I believe what God has done for me and I attach my faith to it and I order my life accordingly. Everybody see that? Let's keep reading here. Reading the Amplified. And this salvation is not of yourselves, so he reiterates, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. For we are his workmanship, 
his own master uh, work a work of art. You are a work of art. How do you change perfection? The way God created you is a work of art. And the more you begin to embrace that and not try to change that, you're going to exude confidence from this art piece that he designed. And somebody else is going to see that artwork and fall in love with it. How many know everyone's taste is not the same? Someone might look at me and say, I can't stand a guy with a bald head. But boy, when my wife saw me, she went crazy. She was like, oh my, look at him. When you just begin to embrace the masterpiece that you are. She grew up hating her eyes. People teased her, talked about her, called her chink, all kind of stuff. But when I saw those eyes, I was like, whoo, glory to God. I, I got to meet this woman right here. You understand what I'm saying? All I'm saying is you are your own masterpiece. Whatever size that is, whatever texture hair you have, whether you have hair, you don't have hair, whether your nails, your toes, come on, somebody, your eyebrows, your eyelashes, you are a masterpiece the way God made you. Come on, celebrate yourself for a moment. Just the way God made you. You don't have to change who you are to please other people. Change who you are because you want to change. Somebody ought to just give a real good a hallelujah. I'm talking about that joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Say it. I am a work of art. Say I am a masterpiece. Now give God glory like that's true in your life. That's what you are. He says here, for we are his workmanship, his masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. There's a good life that God already prearranged that's ready for you. All you've got to do is stay connected to God and you'll walk in the fullness of all of it. Glory to God. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe that God is who he said he is. He said, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. Everything you need, 95% of it has already been provided for you. And it's been set up. Something extremely supernatural, divine, happened to me on yesterday. It was incredible. I came home. I couldn't wait to share it with my wife. I walked in this gym I hadn't been in in five years. When I walked in, I saw this group of guys standing over there whispering. 
I just went on to my treadmill, did my workout. Now I'm on the row machine. And the guy comes over and he introduces himself. And he tells me who he is. And he says, are you such and such? And I said, I am. He said, you won't believe this, but we were just talking about you about an hour ago. And then you walked in the gym. And this is an organization that you've been trying to get me to get involved in for years. And this is the newly appointed CEO. And he said, these guys have been telling me I need to meet you. I've been in a few of our board meetings, and your name has come up. So I said, you know what? That, that resonates with me. Let's connect. And it wasn't five minutes later after I gave him my number, he sent me his credentials. Incredible. Then he said, there's some things coming up with the Super Bowl here in Atlanta this year. I want you to be a part of it with me. Listen to me. What I'm telling you, that was always there. I had to wake up at the time I did yesterday, get to the gym at the exact time that I did. Come on, somebody. Walk in at the exact time that I walked in. Were they all standing where they were staring? Standing, because all he had ever saw was pictures on, the, on our, on our uh, website. Well, as soon as I walked up, you know how you walk up and everything kind of like, listen to me, folks, some divine setups in your future. Come on, somebody ought to get a little bit more excited about that. Come on, I'm talking about there's some divine life-changing appointments in your future. I'm done. Music department, come back up here for a moment. There's a lot more I could say today, but I think you got enough. I want you to listen to me. Would you like to connect with God? How many of y'all could honestly say, I need a better connection with God? You remember what Hebrews chapter 4 says, to come into my throne room of grace, come boldly to obtain mercy and grace and help in your time of need? See, we've got to learn how to come to God to get what we need with a confidence that he's already provided. So let's approach the throne of God with confidence, knowing that we'll receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The Bible says to come to God with confidence in him and not confidence in your own goodness. We're not good enough. We're not talking about a confidence that I deserve something or I've earned something. We're talking about a confidence in what he's already provided for you. Are you all listening? Don't come about how much you served and how much you gave and what you did. Come with how much he served and how much he gave and how much he did. This is a game changer for somebody in here. So our confidence has to be solely based on God's grace and what Jesus has done for us. You might feel like this morning that you don't deserve to have a personal relationship with God. You might think all the things that I've done wrong... God wouldn't listen to me. I'm here to tell you today that's the very reason why he wants to listen to you. So that he can help you fix all the stuff that's wrong. See how we get that backwards? We say, I did this so he won't listen. He says, I want to listen so I can help you change that. 
Don't come to God saying you don't care about me and I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. You're not. You're not. Don't do any of that. Come to God and thank him for his gift of grace through his son, Jesus, and Jesus giving you access to the Father to come get the help that you need. Remember what Hebrews 11:6 says, anyone who comes to God must believe that he is. I just want to take a few moments here. Would you stand to your feet? Anybody, I want to treat this platform today like an altar, like a throne of grace. If you want to come down and just get some help today, no singing, just play something. If you want to come down and get some help today, I just want you to come down to this altar right now and get all the help, all the grace that you need from God. Just come this way. And all you're going to do, I'm going to lead you in a confession and lead you in a prayer. Just come down and get what you need. Nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be embarrassed about. We're only going to keep you down here a few minutes. If you need a better connection to God, something that you want to come to God about, remember this is not between me, you, and God. You don't have to go through a high priest anymore. You can go directly to God to get whatever help it is that you need. Come on down here now. Come on, just come on down get the help that you need. Just play something real soft there. Come on, church, praying all around the room. Just come on and get the help that you need. Nothing to be ashamed of. Come on, get the help that you need. Come on, come to God. Don't come to the pastor. Come to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Just come on down. Just come on down. There are others. If you're more comfortable staying in your seat, just stay there. Come on down and get the help that you need. I want to lead you in a confession. And then I'm just going to take a few moments for just you to talk to God. Just come on down. It's okay. Come on down. Anybody else, just come on and get what you need. Listen to me. I'm telling you, this is the beginning of the first day of the rest of your life. Your life will never be the same once you make this connection right here. Never be the same again. We're trying to get you connected so you can stay connected. I knew that young lion right there. I, I, feel, I knew that young lion was coming. Anybody else? All right, I want you all to repeat this after me. I want to lead you in something. And then I just want you to lift your hands to the Father. Whether you need healing for can from cancer, whether you need healing from diabetes, whether you need a job. Listen, I'm getting ready to get in the grill. I'm just telling you, God is just as good. Whether you need a relationship restored, whatever you need, you can get the help that you need right now in Jesus' name. Okay, repeat this after me. Say to me, say with me, Father God, I admit that I am sometimes too busy to get connected to you. In fact, I often forget and I rush out every day without spending any time with you. But I want to change starting today. I am tired. I need you to help me, to guide me to lead me. I want to be connected to you in a better way. I realize that I can never deserve or earn this on my own. I receive this as a free gift that Jesus has provided to make it easy for me to connect with you and get all the grace and all the help 
that I need right now. Now go ahead and focus on God and get what you need from him right now. Just go ahead and focus in on him, whatever it is. And Father, I join my faith with every person that is up here. Every person is praying sincerely all around this room, Father. I know that you're a God that you cannot lie. Father, I know that you, ever you send your word, Father, it will function and perform the way you performed it, Father. So whatever they're coming to you for today, Father, I declare that they have it now and it is in their future in Jesus' name. Now, I want everybody up here at the altar right now to thank God and give him glory for it right now. Come on, thank him for it right now. Come on, thank God for it right now. Come on, church. Come on, let's rejoice with them right now. Glory to God. Listen to me. Listen to me. Everybody up here, look at me. I put this on everything I love. If God is not who he said he is, and he can't do what he said he could do, then let's just all stop playing church. I am that confident that what you came to him about, he has already answered in your life. And now is your time to walk in it, okay? I want you to do me one more favor. If you're a person standing down here right now and you're just not saved or you want to get your life back right with God, you want to come back to him or you want to join this church, I want you to stay right here. Everyone else go back to your seat. If that's you, you want to get your life right with God, you want to give your life to Christ or you've gotten away from him and you want to come back to him, just stay. Or you want to join Linked Up Church, just stay right up here. Everyone else out here, just look up here at me for a moment. Look up here at me for a moment. If you don't know God through Jesus, that's the only thing that's missing in your life. That's the one thing you've been looking for that's been avoiding you. Are you listening? So if you're here today, you want to give your life to Christ, come on down, big fella. Come on, way to bring you up. That's, that's all that's missing. Bless you, man. Come on, please look at me for a minute. Look at me for a minute. Minute. Moments matter. In one moment, your life can be changed forever. Happened for me at 22 years of age. I'm so glad I made this decision. So if you're out here today, I'm telling you, that's the only thing that's missing is your connection to God. So if you're not saved, let's not put this off. You've gotten away from him, and you need to come back. Come on, I want to pray for you today. Or you don't have a church home, but you believe God has led you here. Do you want prayer for that today? Would you shoot your hand up in the air right now? Would you lift it up? Keep it up. Come on, lift it up. God bless you. That's all that's missing. That's all that's missing. Come on, linked up church. Come on. Come on, lift it up right now. Lift it up. Come on, anybody else? That's all that's missing. Come on, that's all that's missing. Come on, if you have your hand raised right now or you didn't raise your hand, would you do me one more favor? Just gather up all of your personal belongings. Step into the nearest highway. Come meet me right down here at the front. And church, would you act like they are making the best decision they could have ever made in their life? Come on down. Come on. Come on, Linked Up Church. Come on, Linked Up Church. That's all that's missing. Come on, that's all that's missing. It's not complicated at all. That's the only thing that's missing. That's it. 
That is the only thing that's missing. Your connection to God. You don't need a connection with me. Listen to me. I could have never met that guy on my own. You can't get to him. But because of who I'm connected to, he set it all up for me. I want to send you all the way to a room today where you can find out specifically what you came down here for. We will not keep you long, okay? See that young man? Follow him now in Jesus' name. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, man. God bless you. Proud of you, brother. Proud of you, brother. Come on, Linked Up Church. Come on. Look at me again. Look at me again. We understand. Please look at me for a moment. If you're watching online, look at me for a moment. We understand everyone's not comfortable coming down front. But the truth of what you heard today is still the same. You're missing one thing in your life. And that's a connection with God. So all three of those invitations that I just gave, you can accomplish right on what we call a connection card. You can give your life to Christ. You can come back to Christ. You can join Linked Up Church right through this card. And so if you didn't feel comfortable coming down, you desire one of these cards, just lift your hand in the air and a usher or a hostess will be happy to serve you one. In a moment, we're going to take up an offering. When that offering receptacle goes by, take this completed card, drop it in that offering receptacle, and a minister will follow up with you within 24 to 48 hours. God bless you. You can be seated. Did you all get anything out of this today? Praise God. Listen to me. I want to ask the question again.